Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving and meaningful and compelling. I'm super excited to introduce to you today um, another friend I've never met before, but I feel like I've known her all my life. Her name is Christy Lawler. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Well, we're super excited to have you here. Why don't you tell us a bit about who you are, what you do? So I run a marketing consulting firm that has a philanthropic arm built in. Nice. So my company is PJL Consulting, and we're a full-service marketing agency. And my foundation, where I spend the other half of my life, is called the Witty Group, and it stands for Women in the Industry, W-I-T-I. And we promote mentorship and financial and emotional support for women in hospitality that find themselves in abusive or otherwise hostile work environments and really just need a solid crowd around them. Awesome. So like a posse that's always there to listen. That's, that's a course oh, yeah. group. Yeah. Girl gang of empowerment. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. Well, um, tell, tell me more about what you do daily or more about your foundation. They're both very interesting ways to spend your time. Yeah. Yeah. I spend a lot of time doing both. Um, so day to day, it's different every day. And that's what keeps me so excited and engaged and just loving what I do. So whether I'm like calling clients or building out menus, building out marketing strategies, creating cultural engagement um, programming for my clients, it's all just, it's different every day and it's different by every client, which is super fun. And all of my, well, not all, but the majority of my clients are national restaurant or entertainment companies. I was just going to ask you that. Who's your typical client? Um, so you're in the food, wine, and beverage industry, which is so exciting. I have uh, recently fallen in love with that industry. They've been very good to me, and um, that's how I met you. Tell me more about, let's say, for example, you're, you're in California today. You're not originally from here. Tell us where you live and why you're here. So I'm in Houston. Um, or, well, I've been there for 15 years. I'm not originally from Houston. I'm originally from Arizona, but I travel quite a bit for work, uh, much to my kid's chagrin and sometimes my husband, but he's pretty supportive. But I'm out here uh, for a wine education and entertainment kind of event, series of nice. this week in wine country, which doesn't suck at all. Not at all. No, no. <laughs> I'll admit. Um, it's great that I live so near there. And I really have found the people in that industry to be quite um, empathetic, like totally feeling of one another's um, situations and lifting each other and being helpful. It's really a great, great industry. Um, We're very hospitable, you might say. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just because you have to be. I think that that industry draws those people to it. Yeah, we definitely pull the extroverts. For sure. Like, if, <laughs> if you're nervous around humans, this probably isn't the gig for you. That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, tell me a little bit. Um, I know you have a lot of clients. You do work nationally. You're coast to coast and up and down and all around. So what has been your proudest professional accomplishment in what you do? You know, I've had so many moments where I'm like, yeah, I nailed that. I'm kind of a badass. 
Awesome. You know, other moments where I'm like, oh, I suck. I'm such a fraud. I think we all go through that process. Imposter um, syndrome right there. Yes, totally. Totally. And I'm working every day at overcoming that. You would think that that would go away at some point, but I'm pretty sure I'll die feeling that way at some point. <laughs> we all go through that. I think so. I think it's the human condition. And I think that when we're honest about it with each other, and I always had trouble. And I think a lot of people will, can maybe resonate um, or understand this, but I always have trouble taking in the positive that people are telling me and like living it as a truth. Cause I'm real quick to take in that negative and like believe it to be true. But I, yeah, I get a lot of positive and I've started turning a corner in the past five years where every time I hear something positive, I take it in and I'm like, yes, this person sees this about me because I, when I see this about someone and I tell them that disbelief that they're living in is visible. So yeah. Why am I in my own worst enemy? There's enough people out there that just think I'm crazy. Why do I have to treat myself like it's true? Yeah. So I have to say you're not alone in that. And it's mostly a female thing. Uh, we need to own our stories. We need to love who we are. We need to shine brightly. And that in doing that, that's the whole purpose of this podcast. In doing that, you give permission to other women to shine brightly as well. I do believe that we are conditioned to um, feel that way about ourselves through societal norms, and that's got to change, which is why I do what I do for a living. And I will say that um, imposter syndrome is real, and it's common, and it's more so a thing among women than men. And, you know, when a man promotes his good works, people say, oh, he's confident in his abilities. But if a woman does the same, she's seen as self-promoting and I am out there changing the system that sees that way. So we're going to, we're going to change the system. And then ch Christy, you're going to change yourself from the inside out. And that right. way, have a, yeah, a better place for women in business to land. And that's, that was almost entirely the genesis of the witty group too, is I know I'm not alone. I know that this is not a unique condition that I alone suffer. And I figured if I can build everyone in my network and people I don't even know yet, then I'm doing something really good with my time. You are. Yes, you are. I love that. So folks, the reason Christy's on this podcast is not just because she's an awesome human being, a fellow Southern girl, but because of her foundation and what she has done and that she is living it. Like she's not just talking it, she's walking it, lifting other women in business. And this is what this podcast is all about. So she's a perfect fit for the perfect example of a perfect guest on this podcast. So tell us more about Witty. So Witty is kind of, it's such a long but short story simultaneously. I kind of came about it in a really weird way. I was, it was 2017. We got hit by Hurricane Harvey and it just, it just demolished so much of our house. And we had to live in our house during the reconstruction, which was 13 months of just unmitigated hell <laughs> and a constant rotation of contractors and subcontractors and everything. And I was really, really unhappy with my professional situation at the time as well. And I knew that I had to do something. I couldn't just sit and allow myself to be dissatisfied and allow the perception that I was giving people, other people, 
the opportunity to take advantage of me. And so I decided after sitting with my husband at lunch one day, and he said, you know, I think you really should go see a trauma therapist. He's like, everything in your life is upside down right now. Everything that you find as a stable foundation has been rocked. I think that now's the time for you to just really fix yourself. And I thought, yeah, he's kind of a genius. He knows me really well. At times he knows me better than I know myself. And I started trauma therapy. And it was kind of to get over some, some personal issues in my life, but also to get through this spot that I was in, this negative space mentally. And I decided that the best way to overcome what I felt was holding me back was to push forward for the sake of others. Because yeah. especially as women, we tend to take care of everyone in our lives before we take care of ourselves. So that's a natural, that's, that's in our genetic code. That's just the way we're built. So I thought, wow, oh my gosh, if I can actually heal by doing something that makes me feel good for others, that's altruistic, but then not because it's benefiting me, I'm feeling better about everything, then I can really make a difference. I can give my kids like the person to look at as an example for who they should be as they grow up. Because I'm raising men, not kids. And I want the men that I'm raising to be amazing men. I want them to model themselves after their father and the example that I set for them. That is awesome. That is awesome. So um, from the fire rises the phoenix, right? So I have to say, I started my business on the heels of a very bad work and personal situation. So I think we find out what we're made of. When you hit rock bottom, there's no place to go but up. And for me... I had found I was the new, the only, the, the responsible primary caregiver for my mother who had Alzheimer's and now she lives here in California with us. And I had found that, you know, I was in a position at a place where I didn't belong, never fit in from day one, wasn't treated like I fit in ever. And like you was like, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to live in service to others. And that's where I'm going to find um, my own how to live with gratitude, you know, my own best self in giving to others. Absolutely. I love your story. So folks, um, I would like for Christy to tell us a little more and she will about witty. And let's say, what if you're not a member of witty and you want to be, what does that mean? Who are members? What, what can witty do for members? But first I want to ask you, Christy, who, who mentored you? Like who inspired you? I know that the situation moved and compelled you, but who in your life, um, you know, you speak about your kids and husband. I get that. Was there someone who was an inspirational mentor for you? Um, when, right when I started out in my career, I, I think it was like my third boss. I had two horrible bosses <laughs> to start, which is not the way to go. And um, my third boss was so awesome. She was so supportive. She just gave me all the love and the support and the nurturing that I needed in my, you know, mid twenties. Yeah. We all need when we're at that age in our careers, you know, we're, we're fresh, we're young, we're hungry, and we're trying to just do better always. It's trial by fire. Yeah. And she was just, she always had my back. She was amazing. She, she knew how to like talk me off a cliff when I had a marketing emergency and I found fire. She knew how to like manage me. She knew how to talk 
to me. She knew how to motivate me. And she made me feel like I had a person I could trust, which was huge. And I've tried to emulate her style um, because people like that, mentors like that are, unfortunately, I feel like they're few and far between. Like the good ones, you really hang on to those those lessons that they taught you. Um, I have a theory about that that we can talk about later, but yeah. I believe you're right. They are few and far between, but it's uh, in great part due to the white male operating system within which we all must learn to navigate until your work and my work is done. And it's no longer just the white male operating system. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. So third time's a charm with these bosses. And people always say, you don't leave a job, you leave the boss. I, I, I can say that for me, that has been true. It's very true. It's very true. She actually kind of saved me because the second boss I had was so wretched and horrendous. I actually just turned in my notice. I, yeah. I was, she humiliated me in meetings and that was like her go-to. And I was like, this just isn't okay. This doesn't feel good. I'm really unhappy. And I quit. And I was working for um, uh, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation in Southern Germany. I was running the marketing office for our region. And that when I quit, the chief of staff called me and he's like, you can't quit. And I'm like, I seriously, I can't handle her anymore. I just I want to go back to being a newspaper reporter. I didn't have to deal with her. She's just poisonous. She's so mean. I know a lot of women who can say that sentence. I just can't deal yeah. with her anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, well, I'm making a change. So he pulled her out of my chain of command entirely. Wow. Nice. The arena and put the public affairs officer, who was this woman, Jennifer, put her in place as my boss instead. And it was just like something just night and day. All awesome. of a sudden. have a male day. ally. Oh yeah. Oh, he was wonderful. He well, was let me ask you this. Um, you know that I'm all about women lifting women in business and helping others. And we always find the mean girl component. And I teach about this. This is part of what I do when I travel the country um, about tug of war bias and tightrope bias. And the worst is when women hurt other women. You hurt one woman, you hurt us all. So I really, really am, you know, out there fighting that. Um, let me ask you that that's what I do to lift other women, this podcast events and my training. What do you do or how do you advise other women to support women in business? You know, that's really a good question because obviously witty is the foundation is to lift other women. But one of my friends that's a member of witty sent me an article and it was about leaving the mean girl behind. And I think that that's, that's definitely a part of it as much as, as women who want to empower other women and empower other people in general, we never want to like turn our backs on somebody that they're probably mean for a reason. Right. And taken me a long time to realize that the mean people, girls or boys, doesn't matter. The mean people are mean because they're in so much pain. They can't see the forest through the trees. And I always felt like, oh, I should fix them. I should be friends with them. I should just make them feel good about themselves. I should figure out where they're faltering and, and build that part of them up. And then I realized that's exhausting. <laughs> And there's no return on that investment. Usually I end up getting hurt by them if I'm trying um, to help them. So I've, I've 
that article was really impactful for me. And that was just a few months ago. I was like, yes, yes, we do have to leave the mean girls behind because when they're ready, right. Open. I, right. I, I have room in my life for everyone, but when, when the time is right for the, you know, those people, I'm not, I, I don't want to be a part of, <laughs> I don't want to be a therapist cause I'm not, I'm not trained in that. <laughs> Well, here's what I do. I do train the mean girls and I do have them come to me and say, you know, I ask what has hurt, who's hurt you and what can I do to help? Let's work through this. You shouldn't be hurting other women this way. Um, clearly, this is a, an insecurity of yours. Let's work through it. Now, if they accept my advice, great. If they don't, then I move on. So they do get one shot with me because that's my commitment in my work world, what I do. But if they continue to hurt themselves or others, then, you know, you're not a part of my tribe. Exactly. Exactly. You, you, I, I probably give more than one shot, um, unfortunately for me sometimes or others in my circle, but like, I really have to see that you are not ready, willing and able before I close the book. I, I'm well, just, I'm like the sad beaten puppy. I'm just going to keep going back for the abuse. <laughs> oh, Christy, no. Oh, no. I know, but I put, <laughs> now I've got like a limit. Like I think I, I'm, a baseball applies, right? Three strikes and you're out. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we all, as we grow mature spiritually, at least, and we um, self-reflect and we, um, you know, grow, we understand that other people's opinions of us is none of our business because you can't control other people. So be your highest and best self. And if they want to come along, great. If they don't let it go. Now I say that not because I'm a pro at that. I say that because that's still my mantra that I have to tell myself, you know, when you're a solopreneur, it does matter what other people think of you and your business. But if you're doing your highest and best and you're doing the right thing, you're helping others and still somebody has a problem with you. It's really a problem with themselves. Yes. And that is, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's just hard to tell my heart that because my brain gets it, but yeah. the emotional center is just, you know, still a six-year-old girl, I guess. <laughs> well, I should, I should do a session for you and your witty group. I think it would be helpful to um, give you some resources, some ideas, tips, and tricks, and the things that I do with oh, yeah. communication theory um, that really leads a lot, lends a lot of explanation to how we got to where we are, and then tools to get us out of there, because you don't want to be stuck in that rut of the puppy, if you will. So what so, has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? I think it was, you know, we all have our setbacks, right? But yeah. I, losing a job that I love um, and the subsequential losing all faith in myself as a solid person, um, that was hard. But and I went through that, you know, more than once where you, you have these setbacks where you're like, that didn't go right. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? You know, that imposter syndrome just creeps in. And I finally got to the point where I stopped looking outside for validation. Yeah. And I realized people have been monetizing my reputation, my credibility, my name. So why don't I just start doing it for myself? Like instead of letting someone else ride my work ethic, why don't I put that to work for myself and build the company of my dreams? Like where I want to work, where I would like to employ like-minded individuals to give them a leg up and a path forward. So 
I, once I stopped looking for exterior validation right. and started esteeming myself from the inside, I knew that, wow, oh my gosh, I've like taken the blocks off my wheels. I can actually yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah, that's self-actualization. And that's some, uh, a gift we give ourselves. Too few of us do it. You know, some people go through their whole lives and still look for external validation and for labeling and, you know, what does so-and-so think of me or how should I define myself based on their needs versus what I need from the inside out. So I think that's awesome. I think that this begs the question, what do you do for clients? Uh, well, I do whatever they need. Sometimes I'm a glorified admin. Sometimes I'm a glorified travel agent. Um, most of the time I'm just, I focus on what they need. I take a good look at their business and where they want to go, who they think they are as a company or a brand. And then I just kind of draw the path and I look at all the trend and demographic data and I pull everything and I start looking at ways to expand their business through their internal culture. So who are their employees? Who are their customers? How can we get their employees to become brand ambassadors for their company? So whether it's creating a marketing calendar or an overall marketing strategy or... I think I need to interrupt there because yeah. I would not call being a marketing strategist or um, growing and protecting a company um, or assessing client needs, a glorified admin, that is your uh, inner thinking less of Christy voice talking because those are seriously professional positions where women are paid a lot of money and deserve a lot of money for being strategists, overview, you know, large overview, grand vision, mission, you know, strategy. And oh, yeah. then it sounds like to me that you're also a tactician. You not only can you know, strategize and come up with a broad vision, but the tactics to make it happen. Those are definitely not glorified admin. Uh, oh no. When I say glorified admin, I mean, I'm literally the person taking the notes in the meeting <laughs> to keep everybody informed and on the same page about the process of the discussion and everything we saw from each individual RFP. That's what I mean by that. No, the marketing strategy, that's definitely not admin. That's not entry level stuff. It's, um, but it's what I love to do. Um, and I love building programs. I love integrating with my clients and their brands and their people and becoming part of their team and part of their family. Yeah. Well, we're going to get some guy to take the notes from now on. So yeah. we're going to teach office housework. Doesn't always go to Christy. Um, it goes to, you know, men and other women as well, but you know, men in the room, in fact, the most senior women, are often relegated to office housework and I teach them how not to take those tasks. Um, there was a senior VP once who was in a meeting as a leader and the male who was speaking at this meeting asked her to not only take notes, but go get an extra chair. That oh. is not okay. We say no to that. Like, so I teach men and women you take your own notes or you have your admin come in and take notes. You yeah. don't just relegate that to the woman in the room. So it's time for us to, and I know as women, we're like, it's easier just to do it. Oh my God, I can do this in five minutes. I'll just get it done. But the more we do that, the more we permission others to treat us as the admin instead of the yeah. professional woman that we are. So, Oh yeah. Um, no, I think in my case, it's more just 
I'm, I'm very type A and I am a copious and feverish note taker. And it harkens back to my days as a newspaper reporter. Yeah. Taking notes. And I don't like to trust my memory. I like to trust what's written on paper. I hear you. I worked with lawyers for 18 years. I get it. You want it in writing. Yes. <laughs> so let yeah. me ask you something. You are a remarkable woman. You do a lot. I want you to share about your retreat that you had, and then we'll talk about something surprising no one knows about you. Oh my gosh. It was, it is the best week of my year every year, truly. Um, so we just finished our second annual witty conference and we only host it once a year. And it's a very small, intimate environment. We live on a working farm in the heart of Sonoma for the days that we're on the retreat. And this year we had 37 women because a hurricane hit Florida and we knocked, lost a couple women at the last minute. And I get it, it sucks. Um, and I was really sad because when you get hit by a hurricane, the, la the last thing you need to do is stay put. You need to go out to Sonoma. Um, but yeah, we spend several days doing all sorts of team building exercises, networking. We do physical challenges. We, this year I upgraded and we had a massage therapist and an esthetician living with us on the farm that in between sessions and everything else, like women could go and get a facial or massage and it was included. So when I created the idea for the conference, the witty group actually came out of the conference. So a girlfriend had, this is the craziness of it. A girlfriend had asked me to put together like a girl's weekend around Sundance. And I said, oh, I love that idea. I said, but we, we should do something with a purpose. So I said, let me think about it. And I want to come up with something because if we're going to do another event in this industry, it has to be really, really meaningful and impactful. And it can't just be a girl's weekend because as great as that is, it might be hard to get permission for people to support it or attend it or whatever. So I, I came up. There has to be a, a value proposition associated with growing and protecting your company or business or else it's again, just a girl's weekend. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. this is like, this is like a girl's sleepaway camp on speed. It is just, it's super chill. Like it's the only conference and I joke, I call it the barefoot conference, but it's the only conference I've ever attended where it's a professional networking event, but you can be barefoot with no makeup, no hair, wearing yoga pants, PJs, whatever, all the time. And it's that uber relaxed, be yourself, come as you are environment that really lends itself to these friendships. And the women that are part of the witty group, I mean, we have just, one of the best compliments I got from, a first, from my, one of my attendees the first year, she said, I came in knowing you over the phone only and knowing one other person in real life. She's like, I left with like 15 new best friends after just a few days. I was like, that's, that's it. That's what I wanted. She's, she's, then, then she's gone on to do business with like every single company that was sponsoring. So it was huge. So I keep a one-to-one -one ratio. So one female representative from each company attends, whether it's on the sponsor supplier side or buyer operator side and everybody gets the same treatment we level the playing field everybody gets a goodie bag not just the buyers and operators everybody gets every little detail included um so it's really a different space because not only is it 
authentic to the environment that we're in and we're sleeping in bunk beds and this year we had glamping tents um but it's just we create work related content and it's different every year and i'm really really excited this year cynthia lore of j lore was our keynote speaker and Very nice and i just i told her i was like we've got two hours you don't have to talk for two hours if you don't want to i'm like but you have a two hour window, so we can do this however you like. We'll do conversational style, whatever you want. And we just sat in the courtyard and she sat on a picnic table and we just had this amazing conversation. And she took us through her incredible story and background. And at the end of the day, all of these women that are powerhouses in our industry were just like, wow, this is so incredible. Like, you just get to know someone on such an organic and personal level that it just, it builds the ripple effects in your professional life. And that's the goal of it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I host events, I invite women to speak and share their stories. These are usually very powerhouse senior people with C-suite, you know, in the C-suite. Yeah. And I don't allow them to talk about their title or their money or their, you know, where they are now. I ask them to be genuine and authentic and share their journey. Like, how did they get to where they are? That's yeah. what the audience relates to you. We can't relate to you as the multimillionaire you are. We can relate to how you got there and then maybe learn some lessons and ask questions from you. So that's what I do is I ensure that the audience gets an authentic TED talk style is what I do, but, um, yeah. you're doing like a fireside chat, which is also awesome. Awesome. Very awesome. Well, yeah. tell us something surprising about you that people um, may not know. Even the people who know you may not know about you. Uh, okay. So I guess a lot of people do know, but they're, they forget and they're often surprised if they've known me for a really long time. But most people don't know that I got married at a drive through Vegas wedding chapel on purpose, <laughs> like totally sober, did not get drunk before that happened. Just went to the courthouse, got a certificate and then drove through a wedding chapel for a $45 piece of paper. <laughs> and why you said on purpose? Uh, well, we had, my husband had gotten orders to go to Germany if he stayed in the military. And this was long, long, long time ago. And it was either break up or keep dating and get married. So we, we just decided to like, let's get married and keep dating and, you know, go to Europe. Nice. Very nice. Well, I'm sure you enjoyed your time in Germany and thank your husband for his service. Oh, um, thank you. Let me ask you this. If people want to know how to reach you and want to know more about what you do, how can they reach you? Um, okay. The easiest way is through our website. It's cjlconsults.com. And our phone number is 832-770-8866. Uh, my email is christie, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E, at cjlconsults.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find me on LinkedIn, Christy Lawler. Awesome. Christy, I love your passion, your enthusiasm. It's very infectious. Um, I have enjoyed our two phone conversations and now this podcast. We will, folks, put Christy's contact information as well as um, a little video and a little bit more about Christy and her family in a blog cast. And I'll share that to my website, freemanmeansbusiness.com. Within probably a week, 
and then we will share that with uh, the world of social media. So Christy, thank you so much for being here. You're delightful. You're definitely uh, enthusiastic and infectious with your enthusiasm. I love when people say that about me. Um, I mean it in the best positive way. I think we need more um, happy people out there. <laughs> Yes. Thank absolutely. you. Thank you. For oh, I'm being so here. grateful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Enjoy your time here in California until you head back to Houston and we'll talk more soon. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye.